How are we doing this morning? Wow. That was amazing. Am I on? Is it just me? Can you hear me? You can. It's just me. All right, all right, all right. Great to see you. Wow, wow, that's awesome. I'm still, uh, I'm still in that last song there. And uh, that was phenomenal. That, by the way, the, uh, the, the bass player that was like, like, what's that old, there's a toy that used to do that. It was just like. No, 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 that's not it. You know, and, the guy on the bass is your new worship pastor, is what I'm trying to say. That's, so, so that's got me fired up, too, because I really like, uh, you know, energy and people who, uh, who, are, who are expressive and passionate and, and uh, full of joy and, and, uh, and, and know how to move without looking totally awkward like I do. And so I love it that he's double-jointed everywhere, and, and, uh, and I love it, I love it, I love it. Wow, 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 wow. That was a powerful worship set. And uh, so we'll, we'll change gears here when I'm ready, but I'm not quite ready. Hello, Balcony. How we doing up there? That's awesome. Great to see you. We're in the final week of Roar and our series on Daniel. And we will officially get into the Easter season here at Bunkton Wesleyan next week. Our Easter series is called The Invitation. And a big part of our Easter series is we're, we're going to approach Easter with a 21-day Daniel fast, okay? Now, I got a woo. Last Sunday when I said this, you know, <laughs> some of you had panic in your eyes. So we mentioned this last Sunday. We gave you the website. Can we put the website back up there again? Uh, maybe, maybe not. If you can, Cindy, throw it up there again. If you can't, that's okay. Um, we gave you the daniel-fast.com website. Daniel-fast.com so that you could go to the site, do your homework, uh, study up on it, all of that. Um, there's a food list that we meant to give you on the way. Did anybody, did we do that today? Did anybody see those things? Did they get handed out? They're at the info center. Okay. It's just me that thought they were being passed out. They're all at the info center. Okay. Is that right, Joyce? Okay. Yeah, to give people on their way out. Let's do that. Because we printed like four million of them. So we'll do that. <laughs> okay. On your way out, we're going to give you a handout that has... Uh, the, the food list on it and stuff like that, something helpful. We're going to put something helpful in your hands. We think that would be a good idea. Um, so, and I'm hoping that many of you will, will, will join us and do this so that as a church we can, we can do this together, okay? Um, it's not mandatory, obviously. We want it to be voluntary, but I'm hoping that many of you will do this. This is a, a partial fast for part of Lent. It's not all of Lent. And it's not a total fast, okay? A regular fast would be giving up food, you know, entire meals and things like that would be a regular fast. This is a hybrid. So you are, you are choosing to deny yourself of things that you really, really like. And so when people say to me, Pastor Tim, I just, I just, I just can't do it. Well, that's the reason why you need to do it. Do you understand? Like you're saying... I just, I like those things so much, or I don't think I can give up those things. 
That's the point of the fast, is in denying yourself the things that you, that you really, really want. Or things that you might even be, let's say it, addicted to, right? Let's just say it. There are, there are things that, that, that we consume that if, if it strikes fear in your heart that you, that you won't be able to eat that or drink that tomorrow, that might be an issue. That's exactly the thing that you need to fast. That's why I'm going off coffee for 21 days. So, like, I, like I'm some kind of hero or something. It's just coffee. And, but I know, you know that I love it. And for me, it's more than just coffee. It's, it's something that I'm passionate about. It's a hobby. It's, it's, it's social. It's, it's, it's it, like I really, really, I study it. Like I, I, I do. You're laughing at me. I really do. Like I, I, for me, it's something that I really, really enjoy. But it's just, it's just coffee. So I've been weaning myself off all week. Got down to uh, Friday. I had about three sips. Uh, yesterday I had about three sips, and today I've had nothing, and so I'm about to pass out. <laughs> All right? Um, so what is this? Is it a detox? Probably. Like, it'll do the same thing, but that's not the point. Is it, will you lose weight? Probably, but that's, that's, not, the, that's not the point either. This is, it's not a diet. It's a spiritual fast. Okay? We're fasting for spiritual breakthrough. That's the point of it, okay? Uh, that's why we're doing this. There will be foods that you miss, and you'll wonder how you can live without them, and that's the reason, that's exactly the reason to fast those things and to rely on God for your strength. When you are tempted, pray. When you are weak, worship. Use the next 21 days as a, as a time to, to focus on your relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay, um, remember from Daniel chapter 1 that Daniel determined not to defile himself by eating the foods of the king, and God blessed him, and he looked better and stronger than, those, than the people who were eating whatever they wanted. So you might have some, you might want to make some specific prayers and some specific goals that, that you want to address during the fast. Uh, and we would love to hear your stories of what God is doing in your life during the fast. Uh, you can use the, the Moncton Wesleyan Facebook page or Twitter to stay in touch with us and, and, and get the discussion going and tell us how you're doing and, and, and what God is doing in your life. Um, there's one specific prayer, though, that I want to give us all as a church for, the, for this Daniel fast. And it ties into our Easter series, The Invitation. And here it is. I'd like us to pray for in this season, the next 21 days during this fast, I would like us as a church to pray like never before, specifically for people we know, people that you and I know who need to know Jesus Christ, people who need to come to Jesus. That's, that's the big one. That's the one prayer that I'd like us to own corporately as a church, that in the next few weeks leading up to Easter, that, that God would start speaking to people that we would start speaking to people. Don't just pray, God, God, you got to talk to them and not be willing to talk to them yourself. But that, that God would talk to people and that we would talk to people and that people would be open to conversations about Jesus and about the church and about Easter, that the Holy Spirit would go before us, that he would break through in their lives and that as we invite people, the, the Easter series is called The Invitation, 
So as we invite people to Easter, because the, the, the empty tomb is an invitation, okay? That as we invite people towards Easter, that, uh, that God would draw people to himself and that we would see many, many people uh, cross that line of faith and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Wouldn't it be awesome if Sunday, Easter Sunday morning, uh, there were tons of people here whose lives were resurrected by the power of Jesus Christ on Easter Sunday morning. Would that not be exciting? So that's, that's where we're going towards. You might want to start new groups around the Daniel Fast. You might want to get some people together and say, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's gather for prayer. Let's, let's start a small group during the Daniel Fast. Uh, if you do that, tell, we'd like to know. Not that we need to know, but, but it's good for the church to hear that, how people are starting groups and all that sort of things. You might want to share recipes and ideas and all that stuff and pray together. That would be awesome. Uh, a couple more things, and then we're going to get off of this. Some of you are really hoping I'll get off of this soon. Uh, we are not going to police this or be legalistic about this, okay? All right? It's not your job to watch what everybody's eating and what they're drinking and what they're doing. And I thought you were on the Daniel Fast and you call yourself a Christian. And we're, okay? We're not that kind of church. We don't roll up our sleeves and walk on an angle. We're not mad at everybody. Okay? You can go, yeah, you can go find those churches and all the teenagers there are in their 70s. They're out there. We're not one of those, so don't do that. If you cannot go without coffee or tea, what do you do? I would say do your best. That's, don't throw out the whole Daniel fast just because you can't get off of, of, you know what I mean? So fast and try to drink less coffee or try to drink, I can't believe I'm going to use this word, try to drink decaf. Um, <laughs> I'm being nice. Um, Herbal tea, decaf, herb, like if you have to have something warm in your hands, um, try, try something like that if you have to. Don't throw out the whole fast just because you can't do something like that. Do what you can. Uh, if you see me studying at Starbucks, don't come check to see what's in my cup. <laughs> I already had people doing that last week, and I'm like, the fast doesn't start till next week. <laughs> what's wrong with you people? Oh, Pastor Tim, I saw you at Starbucks. Did I not say we're not going to police this thing? All right, so if I'm there, it's, it's, don't, it's, you know, I'm drinking water with hot water with lemon or something like that. All right. Um, so do as many days as you can. The internet is full of Daniel Fast meal plans, prayer calendars. Everything you need is out there. We don't need to give you books and books of stuff. It's, it's there, daniel-fast.com. Um, I bought a couple of great uh, Kindle books full of recipes uh, for less than $4. And you can get, like, all the recipes in the world that you could possibly eat in 21 days. That's okay. Oh, one more thing. We'd like to know. If you're participating, we'd like to know. Because I want to know how many people are doing this. I don't want to be the only one in the church, which I feel like right now. So use your Connect card today, and if you're going to do it, uh, write Daniel or Daniel Fast, write Hungry on there or something on there to let us know, and leave that with us in the offering boxes, give it to an usher, leave it at the information booth, let us know that you're doing this with us. Um, are we good? Any questions? That might be the only time that I ask from the stage if there are any questions. <laughs>
That strikes fear in the hearts of preachers everywhere. All right, we're going to say we're good. Moving on. We've been following Daniel for six chapters and about 65 years of captivity in Babylon after Nebuchadnezzar overtook Jerusalem and hauled literally thousands of uh, Daniel's people out of Jerusalem, out of Judah, took them 500 miles away to Babylon. And from the very beginning of the story, we see this boy of about 15 years old. We see Daniel holding his ground when he's pressured to, conf- to, to conform to the world around him. See, he had to leave Jerusalem, but he didn't have to leave his God, right? And even when everyone else around him was going all Babylon and doing whatever the king wanted, and they were doing whatever the locals were doing, Daniel kept his faith, and he kept his morals, and God honored him with protection and wisdom and favor. Daniel was not released from his bondage for at least another, it was another 65 years at least until, until the people were released to go back. 65 years of praying, 65 years of trusting and believing without losing his faith. And you might be here this morning with, with, with an unanswered prayer that you've been praying about, you've been taking this to God over and over and over, and your unanswered prayer, your ongoing condition, it does not mean that, that God isn't faithful. It doesn't mean that God has forgotten you or that God doesn't care. It means that, that God has you um, where you are for a reason. And he, and he has you in, a, in, the, in this place of waiting and trusting so that you can be like Jesus, who, though he was God, suffered, was tempted, and faced every uh, trial imaginable. Now, a little more background on the story, and then we're going to go to Daniel chapter 6. The book of Ezra uh, actually picks up the story of Daniel. If you go to the book of Ezra and just start reading, it picks, it picks up uh, the story and tells us that Cyrus, the new king of Babylon, released the captives of Judah and sent them home to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple and to resettle their land. So they're, they're finally free. This new king says to all these captives, you're free to go home, and, and not everybody left. Don't you find that interesting? Some people, some of these Jewish people had gotten so comfortable and, and so accustomed to Babylonian ways that even when they were released to go home, they stayed. Now watch this. If you stay far enough away from God and the things of God for long enough, you might get so comfortable that you never come back. That's a scary thought. That you can get far enough away from God and get so comfortable doing the things that, that you shouldn't, whatever, and stay away long enough that you never, that you never come back. About 42 thousand of the people actually returned. Now Cyrus, King Cyrus, specifically ordered them to take back all the objects that Nebuchadnezzar had taken from the temple. We mentioned some of this last week. The objects that Belshazzar had desecrated in his drunken party. And so they took all these objects and they took them back to Jerusalem, all the sacred artifacts, and they used them in the temple. But right now, at this moment, they're buried somewhere deep in the money pit on Oak Island. Any other Oak Island junkies out there? Any Oakers? Where are you? It's all there. It's all in the money pit. I'm telling you, it's all there. All right. Those of you who don't watch Oak Island, you're like, is he, what is he talking about? Not going to tell you. You're going to have to watch it. All right. Here's a partial inventory of the objects taken from 
from the temple. There were 30 gold dishes. There were 1,000 silver dishes. There were 29 silver pans. There were probably 30, and somebody lost one. <laughs> Out in the desert somewhere, where's that gold pan? 30 gold bowls, 410 silver bowls, about 5,400 gold and silver artifacts all together. And I love this, this sixth chapter of Daniel. I'm so excited about it this morning. Daniel in the lion's den. This is where we get the theme of our series, Roar. And, and only it's, it's not the lions who have the roar, as we're going to see. It's Daniel. Daniel is ferocious in his faith. Daniel is fearless. Daniel has the lion of Judah inside of him. And he's not going to be bullied around because of his faith. And so in this chapter... Uh, we're about to see jealousy, coercion, deceit, entrapment, spying, false accusations, false judgment, supernatural provision, restoration, salvation, and revival, all in this one chapter. We're going to be here until about 4 o'clock. <laughs> it's going to be good. Okay, Daniel chapter 6, and begin reading in verse 1. Darius the Mede decided to divide the kingdom into 120 provinces, and he appointed a high officer to rule over each province. The king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers and to protect the king's interests. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Then the other administrators and high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded, our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. Okay, we'll pause it there. So not long after the Persian armies invaded Belshazzar's rave, this new king, Darius, divides the area into 120 provinces, and he appoints Daniel and two other dudes to be the, the overseeing administrators of these provinces. Obviously, this new king, Darius, has heard of Daniel's reputation. Pretty remarkable that Darius would choose an 85-year-old captive to hold a, a top position in his cabinet. He, I mean, they, they come in, they overtake, they overthrow, they got this new land, who's who around here, and, and he knows about this Daniel, and he appoints him to this super high position. Not only that, but Daniel excels so much as, a, as, a, as an administrator that Darius is considering putting him in charge of everything, and some of Daniel's peers are not too happy about that. This is real. Now, hear this this morning. Not everyone in your world is going to be thrilled about your relationship with Jesus Christ. Not everyone is going to be thrilled about that. And if they see you doing well, and if their hearts fill with jealousy, they might go after your faith. We started this, we started this year in January with a series called Bold. Next week, we're going to start a series called The Invitation. After The Invitation, the, the series after that is called East Coast Revival. We want the world to know that we are fully devoted followers of Jesus. We're not ashamed, and we believe that Jesus is the hope of the world. We believe that. 
And when, when, you, when you decide to step up your boldness, the enemy will step up his attack. And, and so Daniel is just being Daniel, and he's, he's serving his God, but the people around Daniel are watching his every move, and they're trying to find a weak spot. And all they could see in him was that he was faithful, and he was responsible, and he was completely trustworthy. Like when they, when they, when they spied on him, and when they, when they watched his every move through this magnifying glass, all they could find out about this guy was he was faithful, and he was responsible, and he was completely trustworthy. You can put that on your, on your desk this week or somewhere where you'll see this. Lord, this week, help me to be faithful and responsible and completely trustworthy in everything I do. If you're starting the Daniel fast, put it on the fridge. <laughs> Lord, help me to be faithful, responsible, and completely trustworthy. Oh, let's look at uh, this text from 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5, beginning in verse 6. It fits this text so well. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Stay alert. Stay alert. I don't know how you do that without coffee, but, but we're going to pray about it. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him, like Daniel. Be strong in your faith. And remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. Wow, it's an awesome text that fits there so well. So the guys who are out to bring Daniel down, they go to the king, they puff him up, and they convince him to sign a law saying that anyone who prays to anyone or anything other than you, King Darius, over the next 30 days, if anybody does that, we will sign this law right here that if we catch anyone praying to anybody other than you, we get to throw that person into the lion's den. And they fabricate and they exaggerate and they lead the king to believe that everyone's, everyone's saying the same thing. Like all the important people think this is a great idea, which was a lie. It was just a small group of people who were, who were jealous about how, how God was blessing Daniel and how, how Daniel was doing well and things were going well. And they got jealous about that. So the Persians were very famous for uh, coming up with creative ways to kill people, creative ways to execute people. And one of these, one of these things, you know, somebody got this great idea, what if, what if we captured some lions? And we, and we dug it like a big hole, and we put the lions in the hole so that they can't get out. And then we, 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 we wait till the lions are like super, haven't eaten in weeks. And then we take a fresh convict, and we, and we push them in the hole. And they probably, you know, watched and cheered and watched it for sport. I mean, this, this was the culture that Daniel was living in. All right, back to our text, Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. And with its windows open toward Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Then the officials went together to Daniel's house, found him praying and asking for God's help. <clears throat> so, like kids in grade three, 
They went straight to the king and reminded him about his law. Did you not sign a law that for the next 30 days any person who prays to anyone divine or human except to you, your majesty, will be thrown into the den of lions? Yes, the king replied, that decision stands. It's an official law of the Medes and Persians. It cannot be revoked. Then they told the king, that man Daniel, one of the captives from Judah, he's ignoring you and your law, and he still prays to his God three times a day. And you can imagine how Daniel received the news of this law. As soon as these guys get this law signed by the king, you can imagine these guys running up to, to Daniel with their just being giddy about this. And, oh, Daniel, hey, you might want to know this. The king signed this new law. And, and this law says that anybody who prays to any other god, Daniel, you know, Daniel, how you know how you like to pray to your God, this God of Israel? You know how you like to pray to him three times a day? Well, guess what, Daniel? It's signed right here that if anybody who prays to anything else or anyone else other than, than Darius gets thrown into the lion's den. You can imagine these guys bouncing in to tell him what his fate will be. You've heard the expression before, seven days without prayer makes one weak, W-E-A-K. Seven days without prayer makes one week. Well, Daniel knows that he can't go one day without praying to his God. You see, prayer is the lifeline of his relationship with God. It's not duty. It's not routine. It's not ritual. For Daniel, it's relationship. It's life. He has to have it. For 65 years, he's been, he's been separated from his place of worship. He's been ripped out of his homeland. He's, he's torn away from, from, from everything in his world that was centered around his, his relationship with his God. And prayer is the one thing that he has left, and he's not about to let it go. This reminds me of when Gayla and I were, were dating. Uh, She's here somewhere. It's our 20, be our 25th in October this year. We're in our 25th year. Yeah, that's, that's pretty exciting. And um, when we were dating, she wasn't clear about uh, a call to ministry. She knew that I was called to ministry, and she did not want to marry me and go into ministry unless she felt a call to ministry, which was very wise on her part, don't you think? It was very, it was, it was like, Wow. And so she didn't know what else to do because it was like, hey, you're called to ministry, but I don't know. And so she was breaking up the relationship, but I've forgiven her. And I turned and started walking back to my room, and she said, well, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to go pray that God calls you to ministry. <laughs> this is all I had left. It was the only thing I could do, and he called her to ministry. Uh, well, it wasn't long after that. So, yeah, she's, yeah, she's hiding. She doesn't want me to point her out. She's here. All right. When faced with the very real possibility of death and the pressure to deny his God in order to please man, what does Daniel do? He, <laughs> if you pray, to the, you pray to your God, we're going to throw you in the lion's den. Okay, I'm going to go home and pray. He goes straight home. He opens the windows. Doesn't hide. He opens the windows towards Jerusalem like he always did. And he prays. And, and the scripture says that he prays giving thanks to his God. Lord, they want to kill me, but I thank you. Lord, they hate me, 
but I thank you. Lord, they're pressuring me to deny you, but I thank you. See, Daniel's not asking God, you know, why? Why is this happening to me and this isn't fair and all that, all that stuff? Daniel goes to his knees in prayer and he's thanking God for, for all of these things. And the spies are outside his house listening and peering in to catch him in the act of prayer. And knowing Daniel, knowing Daniel, he's probably in, probably in his prayer, he's probably thanking God for each one of these guys out loud so that they can hear their name being called out in prayer. Like that would be, that would be like, that would be like Daniel. What do we learn from this? Here it is. Don't focus on who is out to get you. Focus on who is out to save you. Who's out to save you? And so many times, like, all we see is, is, is the, the, the pressure and, and what people are saying and, and all that. Daniel didn't do that. He focused on his God who was out to save him. They run to the king. They tattle on Daniel. The king is distraught at this point. He realizes now that he's been tricked into signing Daniel's death penalty because a decree from the king cannot be revoked. Once it's signed, it is a done deal. Let's go back. Now we're in verse 16. So at last the king gave orders for Daniel to be arrested and thrown into the den of lions. And the king said to him, May your God whom you serve so faithfully rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed the stone with his own royal seal and the seals of his nobles so that no one could rescue Daniel. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night fasting. He refused his usual entertainment and couldn't sleep at all that night. Very early in the next morning, the king got up and hurried out to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully, able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, long live the king. <laughs> My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they would not hurt me. So that they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight. I've not wronged you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be lifted from the den. Not a scratch was found on him, for he had trusted in his God. Then the king gave orders to, if you've got small children in here, uh, warning. The king gave orders to arrest the men who had maliciously accused Daniel, and he had them thrown into the lion's den, them along with their wives and children. The lions leaped on them and tore them apart before they even hit the floor of the den. They were hungry. Then King Darius sent this message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world. This is the message the king sent. Peace and prosperity to you. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he will endure forever, and his kingdom will never be destroyed, and his rule will never end. He rescues and he saves his people. He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Wow. So just to back the truck up a second here, the king has no choice and his friend Daniel's thrown into the den of the waiting, hungry lions. And the king shouts down to Daniel. Daniel's in the den and the king shouts to him, may your God, Daniel, may your God, 
who you serve so faithfully. May he rescue you. Now, at this point, in the, Darius at this point is not a believer, okay? He, boy, he's close, though. He's seeing a lot of faith in Daniel. He's close. And he sees Daniel's confidence and Daniel's trust in his God as he's being thrown to the lions. Uh, he, he, Darius wants to believe. He's saying, may your God, may your God rescue you. He's not saying, Daniel, it's been nice knowing you. Like there's no hope. He's saying, Daniel, I, I hope this God that you, that you believe in can, can rescue you. He hopes that Daniel's God will, will do a miracle in his life. And in verse 18, the king, now the king goes back to his room, and he can't eat, and he can't sleep, and he spends the night fasting, which, which tells us that fasting in this era wasn't exclusively a Christian practice. It's not. It's not exclusively Christian. But catch this this morning. The king chooses to deny himself all the foods available to him as a way of, of pleading for the salvation of his friend Daniel. Did you catch that? A pagan king with many gods so concerned for the life of his friend that he fasts for his friend. Now this is why Easter is a prime time for us to be fasting at Moncton Wesson. You can do this. If we believe if we believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, and if we believe that the eternal salvation of our souls comes from having a faith relationship of believing in Jesus Christ and accepting him as our Lord and our Savior, and if we believe that people who have no relationship with Jesus Christ are eternally lost, if we believe those things to be true, it should be easy for us to deny ourselves and to turn to God in prayer and to cry out for the salvation of others. Coffee schmoffy. It should be easy. If Darius, a pagan god, can fast on behalf of his friend Daniel, you can fast on behalf of your friends too. If we believe what we believe. The new morning breaks and the king is still in his royal pajamas. It's not clear in the text, but this is the way I picture it. And he runs in his royal pajamas to the lion's den with this mixture of, of hope and anguish. And he cries out into the pit, Daniel, servant of the living God, did your God rescue you? And Daniel replies, good morning, your highness. Long live the king. See, he honors the king. He says, I'm, I'm not holding any grudge against you. And he tells the king how, how God sent this, his angel to shut the mouths of the lions so they would not hurt him and there's not a scratch on him. And he says to the king, I'm, hey, I'm innocent. I have done nothing wrong. Have you ever felt wrongly judged? Ever felt wrongly judged like people are out to get you? They want to rob you of what God is doing in your life. People who try to make their flame brighter by blowing out everyone else's. Has life ever thrown you in a pit where, where you felt like you were going to be devoured? And you just, you just didn't know if you were going to make it or not. Overwhelmed and overpowered and, and consumed by the ferociousness of starving predators who are out to get you. And by the way, some, some people are like the lions in the den. Think about this. 
Their freedom has been taken away from them. They're captive to what others have done to them. It's not their fault. And they show their teeth a lot, and they snap at everyone, but really they just want to be free. Don't blame the lions. You've got to love the lions in your life. You don't know their, their story. But your God is the God who shuts the mouths of lions, and he steps into your pit with you. And it doesn't mean that, that we're not going to fall into pits. or that doesn't mean that life doesn't have lions and jealous freaks. It means that God will be with us. That God sees you when people aren't thrilled about your faith in Jesus Christ and they don't like it. That God hears you when you get on your knees and you pray and you worship him. That God will come into your den of despair. He will shut the mouths and quiet all of your ferocious fears. That nothing will be able to harm you when God is in the pit with you. The enemy will not be able to overtake you when God is in the pit with you. No fear and no amount of despair will overcome you when God is in the pit with you. He turns roaring lions into pussycats and he puts the roar of his spirit deep into our hearts. You are not lunch for the lions. You are more than an overcomer because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He watches over you. He goes before you. He has not forgotten you. I can't say it better than the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8, beginning at verse 31. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, he gave him up for us all. Won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us, was raised to life for us, is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for you. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or lions or no coffee or are persecuted or hungry on the Daniel fast or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We're being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And Paul says, I am convinced. Are you convinced this morning? You need to be convinced. Paul says, I am convinced that nothing can ever, ever, ever separate us from God's love. Not death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, not the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or on the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, if we pass around a sign-up sheet, who wants to be thrown into a den of lions? You're thinking, no, I, I, I wouldn't choose that. But, but because of that, Daniel gets to spend a night in God's presence. See, you wouldn't, you wouldn't choose it, but, but in, that, in that season, God is with them. And he gets, this, he gets an angel of the Lord to sit with him the entire night. 
And, and you know, he gets this wonderful God experience. Sometimes what you are going through is God's way of getting through to you. God sits Daniel down. We're going to sit down for the whole night. And he's just in the presence of the Lord. Sometimes what you're going through is God's way of getting through to you. And sometimes it's in your weakness, when you're out of options, that God steps into the the pit. He steps into the den with you, and he surrounds us. Don't miss your opportunity to just enjoy the presence of God, regardless of your circumstances. Then the king writes this decree, which really reads more like a worship song. I'm going to read it again. And then, and then we're going we're gonna to worship and blow the roof off this place. He says this, uh, verse 25, Darius sent this message to the people of every race, nation, language throughout the world. Peace and prosperity to you. I decree that everyone throughout my kingdom should tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God. <laughs> he will endure forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed. His rule will never end. He rescues and he saves his people. Isn't that good news this morning? He performs miraculous signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He's rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Daniel did what he could do. He had faith. He trusted God. He didn't back down when the pressure was on. And God did what God does. He gave Daniel a miracle. He showed up. He protected his child. And he made his glory evident to all. When we do what we can do, and God does what God can do, word will spread that our God is God. And tongues will confess. And knees will bow that Jesus Christ is God. Lord. Let's pray together. Lord, I just thank you again this morning for for Daniel and his life and his testimony and how these words ring so true and practical and and real in our lives. They just come alive and speak to us and it's only only your, your, your presence that uh, in, in, in your word that makes this happen. That's a miracle in itself. And God, I pray this morning for around this entire auditorium for, for people who have felt like they have been kicked into a den of lions or people who have felt like life has just been too, too much pressure, too intense. And, and God, they, they need you to step into this this, this critical season with them and come alongside them and, and, and rescue them from this, Lord. I pray that you'd be with them this morning. God, help us to see you uh, in those seasons of life that are, that are difficult and when we need you the most. God, would you come? And, 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 and right now in this room, there are so many needs and prayer requests in this room. Would you come and pour out your spirit as we worship you and uh, help us to lift you high? God, would you be with us when, we, when we're in, in places where being a Christian and standing up for our faith is not the most popular thing to do? Would you help us to, 
to, to be bold in our faith and to not back down like Daniel. Would you help us to, to open our hearts towards you and continue to, to honor you and, and glorify you and worship you? God, I pray for anyone that's here this morning who does not yet have a relationship with you, like Darius, that, that as, they, as they see, God, you working in other people's lives and they hear about you, that they would come to a point where they would declare, Daniel's God is my God. Daniel's God is the living God, and I want to serve that God with my life. So, Lord, I thank you for, for what you're doing in our church and in our lives. And now we're, gonna, we're about to respond to you with open hearts and full surrender and worship you because you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let's stand together.